everything before you. We surrender this time of noon before you. We surrender our lives before you. Father, surrender this service before you. I surrender everyone, Father God, both in the church now and online before you, King of Glory. We surrender everything before you because the lives alone that we hold does not belong to us. You own it, King of Glory. And that's why we're here to give ourselves before you. I give myself before you, Father God, that this afternoon, Father, may you use me to deliver only that which you prepared for us this afternoon. Lord, I know that where your children gathered always, the enemies always there. But because you've given us the power and authority, we pull down the works of the enemy in the name of Jesus. That which will bring other thoughts, King of glory, and takes away the minds of your people. We pull them down in the name of Jesus. We render them powerless in the mighty name of Jesus. And I pray that Holy Spirit take your place. Be exalted high. Speak to our hearts. Speak to our hearts. And I pray that my Father, may every word that comes from my mouth, and all the meditations of our hearts be accepted in your sight, my Lord and my Redeemer, in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Our God is good. Our God is good. And all the time, the Lord is good. And that is nature. We say, wow. When you say, wow, you people, we're in the presence of the Lord. We are in the presence of the Lord. Our God is good. And all the time. Yes, that is the nature of the Lord. Amen. I think for us in, 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 in the church where I serve the Lord, 
we, 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 I think we, we felt the nature of the Lord so much. Why? Because we are in the hospital. I'm Reverend Pasca Ochunkoma. I am the chaplain of St. Luke's Chapel Mlago Hospital. So in the hospital, when we said God is good, we know why we said God is good to us. Because there are people without harm. They are not. They're there. Every day they chopped other legs. Chopped here because of accident and all this. And even when you go to pray for them, you cannot just say, you cannot even wave because they don't have the arms. You just go and tap their back. So we in the church, when you said God is good all the time, and you said all the time God is good, everyone claps their hands because we know the goodness of the Lord in our lives. Amen. Yes, you are most welcome. Uh, I want to thank God, uh, my sister, Reverend Ellen, and the dear staff for giving me the opportunity to minister today in the lunch hour. And it's a blessing to be before the Lord. Amen. Every time I come at All Saints, I feel at home because this has been my home. So when I feel, when I come here, I really feel that I am a child in the house. Amen. Yes. Praise the Lord. So what we're going to share this afternoon is the role of God's word in discipleship. The role of God's word in discipleship. And it's taken from uh, Paul's second letter to Timothy, chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. Paul's second letter to Timothy, chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. And it reads, 2 Timothy, chapter 3. Verses 15, 16 and 17, it reads, All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. The word of the Lord. So when we talk of God's word, I thank God that the whole of this year, 2024, we're going to be looking to the word of God every time, the word of God, because our year theme, we all know, and we keep on reminding ourselves that it is conforming to the word of God, you know, confirm, I mean, confirm to the truth of the word of God for transformation. That is the year that the entire province of the Church of Uganda, we are going through, because the word of God is everything to us. So when we talk of the role of God's word in discipleship, we know that God's word is God himself. The word of God is God himself. God's word is also Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's why John said in John chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, it says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Meaning, when we talk of the word of God, we know that it existed even before the creation. It was already existing. So here, John referred to Jesus Christ as the word of God. And he said that the word was God. So Jesus himself confirmed that, you know, 
that he is the word when he told the disciples in John chapter 14 verse 9 that anyone who has seen me has seen the father. So it makes us confirm what John said that Yes, in the beginning was the Word. And he said the Word was God. The Word was Jesus. So Jesus affirmed it. Yes, whoever sees me has already seen the Father. So this is the Word. And he also said 14.1, John 14.11, I mean. said, I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Praise the Lord. I am in the Father and the Father is in me. So we know that when we talk about the word of God, we know that we are talking about God himself and we are talking about Jesus Christ himself being the word. And every time we carry the Bible, friends, we are carrying Jesus with us. Every time you hold the Bible, you are carrying God himself with you because this is not only his word, but himself that we have in this book. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yes, and when we say the word of God, the role of the word of God in discipleship. Discipleship is making someone becomes like Jesus Christ. It's just making somebody become like Jesus Christ. That is discipleship in brief. So it's, discipleship is about how we live our lives around Jesus Christ. How I and you live a life around Jesus Christ as our Lord. Many people have already made discipleship as knowledge of the Bible. Yeah, which is true. Discipleship, not of the Bible. It's true. It's true. And also, they actually, they, they, they equal the discipleship with education. Yeah, it is okay. But I want us to know that it focus, you know, the, the focus of discipleship is a practical and life-oriented, life-oriented on how we live our life every day. Because it's one thing to read the word of God, and it's another thing to live the word of God. Praise the Lord. We can read the word of God, you read, you read, but you are not living it, then you, it, it's useless. It is useless. Which means, it, it focuses, disciples focus on, on the practical thing. It's very practical, how I live. How I conduct myself. I, I, I want Jesus to be seen in my lives. Praise the Lord. At the same time, friends, we do not go far from, you know, from studying the word because discipleship requires the knowledge of Jesus Christ. It requires us to know about Jesus Christ, which is in the word of God. So when we read it, we will know Jesus Christ more, even when you witness about Christ, you know whom you are witnessing. What are we learning today? As we look at the role of the word of God in discipleship, well, it was said very clear and we will see it clear in Paul's letter to Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 to 17 that we have seen, we have read already. Right verse 16, when the Bible tells us that all scriptures is inspired by God. This is one, this portion of the scripture is one of the important verses in the entire Bible. It's one of the important verses in the entire Bible. Because it talks of God and it talks of the word of God. It talks of Jesus Christ himself. That we who are born again confess every time. 
Both the Old and the New Testament has been written by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And, the guide, and it's guided by God himself. Whatever we are reading right now is not man-made. Praise the Lord. It is not man-made. It's inspired and guided by God. Praise the Lord. No book is like the Bible. I know. Yes. We have read books and books. Some of you have read books and you are even tired of reading books. Those books are very okay. They are very perfect because they give us knowledge. There's a lot of truth in those books. You read them. It gives us knowledge. It gives us a lot of things. But I want to tell you, you cannot compare those books with the Bible. The Bible surpasses those books. If you want to know more about the Lord, you want to know God himself, this book surpasses all the books. Only the Bible has been written by, you know, the direct inspiration of God. Only the Bible. So it is, the Bible says, it is God's breath. It is God's breath. Fully trusted. Fully trusted. Every word, every portion, every verse in the Bible. It is, it's trusted. You can be sure that this is it. That's why we're going to look at, now that is trusted. What is it? To us. Now, what are the roles of this word that we have talked about, that we are talking about? What is its role in discipleship? It has already been placed there well, and I want to go through it just one by one. The Bible says that this work, because it is inspired by God, it is profitable for number one, teaching. Friends, the roles, one of the roles of God's work is to teach you and to teach I. It's for teaching us so that we have the knowledge. That's why Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28 from verse 18 to 20. Matthew chapter 28 verse 18 to 20 tells us very well about the word of God, about the teaching of the word of God. What did the Bible say? All authority, all power and authority has been given to me. He said, go and make disciples of all nations. He commissioned, they call it the great commission. Jesus commissioned the disciples. Because he taught them, now he commissioned them as well. To go, to go and do what? To go and make disciples of all nations. I want to see. Let me just read it so that we hear it. Because we are the disciples of Jesus. Now we call ourselves Christian, but those days they were calling disciples. Jesus said. Jesus said. Then Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. 19. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 20. Said, Teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, 
I am with you always to the end of the age. Praise the Lord. Jesus walked with the disciples. He taught the disciples what they ought to know. If they are to do perfect ministry. And then when he taught them, he also commissioned them to do, to go. And said, go. And make disciples. And he said, teach them. Not just only making disciples. Making disciples is actually making them like Jesus. Making them to convert. Because in that, there are three things. Go, baptize, teach. Three things in the Great Commission. Go, baptize, and teach them. So meaning Jesus wants them, when they are converted, after witnessing to them, after evangelizing them, and then now, you don't just leave them like that, and teach them to obey everything that I have commanded. Friends, the roles of the word of God is to teach us. When we are not taught, what are you going to do? When you are taught, you have the knowledge. And it will help you tomorrow. Help you another day. Because you'll be having what to do and what to say. So one of the role is teaching. Remember, Jesus is known as a teacher. When you read John chapter 3, so about Jesus and Nicodemus. Say, teacher. He came and asked him, teacher. I see no one has done things the way you do. Those miracles. So I want to know more about it. They consider him a teacher because he was teaching them, telling them what they needed to know. Praise the Lord. And the second thing that the Bible is saying that this word of God is for rebuking. Number one is teaching. The second one is rebuking. Let me tell you, the word of God rebuked us. I was having a little pride in me when I was a young growing where did I get this pride from? My father used to give good compliments about me. Oh, this daughter, I wish you a man. I wish you a man. My home would be this. I was wondering, I said, why? You know, I, he always, the big people come, it was me welcoming them. Everyone, you know, it was a politician. Go to school, I was having a little knowledge. I thought it is all about me. I don't compete with, you know, I compete with people who are always there and then I am always with them. I develop pride. I developed pride because my report form is always one there. They put it. So I thought it's all about me. It's all about me. Let me tell you, I was rebuked. I was rebuked. A man of God came, an evangelist, entered the church. I sat there. When they sat after the service, followed me outside. They said, hey, are you born again? I said, why do I need to be born again? I'm loved around. I am okay. They love me. I don't I do every good thing at school. I'm okay. Everything said, eh, let's open this Bible. It opened for me Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. What the Bible says, for by the grace of God you've been saved through faith. It's not your own making. It's by the grace of God. Lest no man should boast. Some of you gave, gave your life Christ. I mean, to Christ in this cathedral. Inside the church. I gave my life to Christ outside the church. I was dressed smartly. But I knelt outside the church. Outside the flower tree. And gave my life. I said, look at me. I thought everything was about me. I was rebuked 
by the word of God. And I am now who I am. I knew that whatever I was doing was nothing to do with me. Not even a single thing. I have not contributed to any good thing I was doing. All along it was the, the Lord saved me to do good thing. It wasn't me. From that time, I think the Lord pruned me properly. Properly. The word of God can rebuke you. There's a great man in the Bible. I always tell that my, my husband is called David. So when I re read the Bible, David was a king in the Bible. So I call my husband a king of my heart because he's called David. If you read 2 Samuel chapter 12, right, you'll read him when you go home. In 2 Samuel chapter 12, the, the big man, the king, was rebuked. He was rebuked by prophet Nathan. That was King David. The story is long, but you will read at your own time. You know, you know the story of King David. That this man took a wife that, would, that belongs to him. Sent the man away to war. Admired the woman. Went and slept with the woman. Pregnant the woman. Ah. So what came in? God said, you have to rebuke this man. I'm going to send you to rebuke this man. I'm going to send you. Then Prophet Nathan started telling a story about a rich man and a poor man. The rich man was everything, the cat was what, but when the visitors came, went and picked only one which was for the poor man and slaughtered it for his visitors. And then David became too, too and too serious and furious and said, that man needs to be Hell slaughtered and then prophet said, that is you. He said, what? He said, that is you. Because you took somebody's wife. What happened to David? The, 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 the reason why God says, the Bible says, David is a man after God's own heart because he's a man who is full of repentance. After being rebuked, he just said, God, read Psalm 51. How he could say, I, I even don't deserve anything. If you are to kill me, you better kill me. My sin is just there before me. And then God relented him. How many times have we gone through rebuke and then we accepted it? I tried, I did. When I read the Bible, King David did. Many times when they are preaching, and they said, I wish so-and-so is there. Have you ever thought that thing? I wish so-and-so is there, especially when you have issues with somebody. And then they're preaching, and then the word of God is coming the way it came to me. I, I said, I wish my sister was there because I know I, I justified my sins. And then I said, Okay, I wish Reverend Elon is there. It is not for her, it is for me. It is me who is being rebuked. I need to respond to it. The word of God is to rebuke us. Why? Because He loves us, He loves us. Us. He rebukes one whom he loves because he doesn't want you to go astray. Praise the Lord. Friends, can we be close to the word of God when we are reading it and we ask ourselves, God, what are you telling me in this portion of the scripture? What are you saying in this passage? I'm not getting it right. If it is you, begin to reflect yourself. This one is good when you are in your quiet time alone. When you are alone, because no one is there. You know yourself. You begin to put yourself in the mirror. And then read. Said, okay. Surely. Is this not me?
King David would have said, I am a king. I'm entitled to get whoever I want, to sleep with how many women I want. It is okay. I am a king. I have power. I have authority. But he said, oh my God, I don't deserve to live anymore. I don't deserve to live anymore. Can we begin to think about that when the word of God comes to us, to rebuke us? Because that is its role. That is its work, its role, and it must rebuke us. We are living in the world of sin. So there's no way that you can say, I'm living a pure life. That's why we need to repent each other day. Number three, the Bible says it's for correcting. Correcting. Friends, you know when, when, when we talk of correcting, there's something which is a little bit not right, and then they correct Teachers, they know very well. When, when you, you give assignment and then the students or the pupils do it, and then when it is not right, you, these days they don't put wrong. You know, those days of ours, hey, they give you, a, you know, a big room like this. But these days they said, do correction. Not so? That's, that's a fair way of saying it, that it is not well. Do correction. The word of God correct us. Correct us. That's why Proverbs chapter 3 verse 12 says, The Lord corrects, Proverbs, Proverbs 3 12. The Lord corrects those he loves as parents correct a child of whom they are proud of. A teacher who loves you said, go and do correction. That's correction, come and mark it. But the one who does not love you, just Give you a wrong and you go. Exam comes, you repeat the same thing and you will fail again. But this is not God. The word of God with God, his work is to correct you. Is to correct me. Said Pascal, no, this is not right. This is not right. And it's my work to say, surely, this is not. I've been corrected many times. So many times. For me, I have a very big issue that I'm dealing with. The issue is, I hate people who accuse me falsely. I hate it so very much. And I don't love people who know the good things and they don't do it. I hate those things so much. So you find me struggling and say, but now look at this. So in my heart, I feel like so bad. that God said, no way, it's not about you. Just pray for them. It's not easy to pray for them at first. Allow the word of God to correct you because he loves you. The Lord loves those whom he correct. And you know what has gone wrong with you. You know what is always getting wrong with you. Right from the house, from the workplaces, even here in the church. You understand yourself more than any other person. You cannot correct it on your own. Only that when we go through the word of God, when we read the word of God, that's where we are going to correct ourselves. We will allow the Holy Spirit because it said the word of God is inspired by God. Inspired by the Holy Spirit. Guided by God who is also the Spirit. Now because it's inspired by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will give you the ability to accept to be corrected. And give you, said, ah, here I think I've done wrong. I think, accept, I, especially when we are bosses. They say they always write. No, let's not go with that. That's worldly talk. The boss is always right. No, we are not always right before the Lord, friends. 
We are not. Accept. If you don't want anybody to correct you, you know, at times the Lord brings someone. Bring someone to say, ah, this has not been okay. And then you feel offended, and before you know it, you are no more Christian. Praise the Lord. Allow. Let's release any pride in us. Because when you are proud, what makes us never to achieve the purpose and the role of the word of God is because of pride. We feel like we are everything. We feel like we are the one. We feel like we are the boss. We feel like I know more. We feel like I've learned more. I've read more. So you will never understand. Just come down. Put yourself down. And you'll understand it. And then the fourth one, training. They said training. It is profitable for training. In Titus chapter 2, verse 12 of the Bible says, Titus 2, 12, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the presence age. Training. The word of God train us. And that's why the whole of this scripture over, uh, over 2 Timothy said, training us for every good work. We are going to see the good work of it. Training us for every good work. The word of God trains you. When he trains you, he does not train you only for one thing. I am the preacher. I am a reverend. But I don't think he has trained me only to preach the word. There's so many things that I believe. When I continue to stick into it, he's going to train me for so many things. It will just train me how to take care of my family. How to be a wife. Yet a priest. How to be a mother. Yet a priest who is always supposed to be preaching and doing something, but also the word of God will tell us that you are not only a preacher, you are the mother of these children. Better go and mother them. He said, ah, you are the wife. This husband did not marry a priest, marry a wife. So you better be a wife to this one. The word of God will eat you well. Train you. Train you. Instruct you. That's why Jesus instructed the disciples. Instructed them. And that's all about discipleship. When you are trained, you'll be able to train others. It's a circle. Discipleship is a circle. You are trained, and then you, are, you also go and train others. Before, then you also go and train. And it's going to be a circle where everyone will be knowledgeable about the word of God. Knowledgeable about what is supposed to be done. Praise the Lord. Training does not, you know, when we talk of training, at times we say we have been trained in the college, the priest, the priest here. We've been trained in the college. That's not enough. That's not enough. That training is a trainers, yes, how to interpret the Bible, how to do this. But the main, main thing was not even, we were not even taught at school. But the word of God that we read every day will train us how to live, how to even preach better, how to do many things better. Friends, this afternoon, accept to be trained. And when we don't read this word of God, which is God, you will not be trained. And you can't. So let the word of God be part and person of you. Don't just want to call the word of God the time you want to come in the service. 
Only when you want to come in the service, then you cut the Bible and come with it. After service, you go and put it there in the cupboard, and then on Sunday, you carry it. The day you come to church, you carry it. Even at home, let it be part and parcel of you. How are you going to overcome temptations and trials and circumstances that comes your way? When the Spirit of the Lord led Jesus to temptation, to be tempted by the devil, it's the Spirit of God, by the way. You better get it right. The Spirit of God led Jesus to be tempted. Some of us, when we are going through temptations, we think it's the devil. It's the devil. It's not the devil. It is God at times sends you there because he wants to get something out of you. So when he went there, I don't think that, uh, Jesus was having the Bible in his hands because the word is the word, of course, but also the word was already in him. So he overcame temptations because the word of God is part of him. Time will come when you are fixed somewhere. Fixed somewhere. And then what are you going to do? The devil tells you something, a situation comes. Somebody has fallen sick, and then you don't have even a scripture in you to rebuke. I said, God, you've said in Jeremiah 23, 33, 6, that you brought health and healing. So I claim healing to this person. Now, we will not even say it. Why? Because you don't have the word in you. Friends, let us be people in the word. Praise the Lord. Psalms 144 verse 1 says, Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. This is what the psalmist says. That blessed is the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. The word of God trains you for battle. Trains you for war. We have the enemy. Every time we have enemies, every Christian, every believer has enemies. You have, we have. If you don't have, praise the Lord, I'll pray for you. But for me, I have. I have. So now it is the word of God who will what? Train me to fight them. To win the battle. Praise the Lord. Allow the word of God to train you. The word of God encourages us. Its role is to encourage. It stands, you know, it encourages us to stand firm in the face of challenges. You're going through something, said, I will be with you. You feel like Jesus has left you because too much, he said, I will be with you. Anything about that I am already with you, then you are encouraged. Amen. And the word of God also, its role is to give us wisdom. The word of God, make us wise for salvation. You know when you are wise, you walk in the way of salvation rightly. But when you are not, you will be, they call, you say, praise the Lord, I'm born again. But there's nothing that comes out of you which is born again. Your action will not be born again. But your words will tell that I am born again. That is not. Friends, as I conclude and we pray. The Bible shows us the true way of righteousness. In addition, it helps us to walk in it, in righteousness. Because when you follow all the above, when you accept to be taught, when you accept the Bible, the word of God to, to rebuke and to teach and train you, then you will be able to walk in righteousness. That's why it says here that you know what? Training in righteousness so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. There's no way you can do good work when you're not trained. 
You cannot come in sin and you are a Christian and even your neighbors does not see anything in you and you think that the good work you are going to be doing it. No way. When we accept to go through that, then we are going to be fully equipped. Because that is, that is actually cooking you. I didn't know. I learned it after, as I conclude, friends. I've learned it after. When I go through things, I, when I'm innocent, I'm doing, going through situations and all this, I just said, God, why? God, why? Why all this? Then time came when I have learned that Kume have been cooked, have been prepared for something ahead of you. When you're going through situations, friends, there's something that God is doing. There's something that God wants to do in you. But you cannot just go ask you like that. You need to be pruned. You need to be taught how to pray. So there's no way you can be taught how to pray when you are ever, you've never even fallen sick. I'm not saying you fall sick. No, I'm not saying you fall sick. You're not fall sick. Amen? It's okay. But when you are sick, Jesus put a thorn in the flesh of Paul. Paul prayed that it comes out. Did it come out easily? No. Why? Because he wanted him to feel it and to pray the more. When situations comes your way, friends, it, it, it's, uh, it's, it's like preparing you. God is training you. God is doing something. When he's rebuking you, he's also training you. When he's correcting you, he wants you to go when you are smart. Praise the Lord. I pray that, friends, let us allow the word of God, which is God himself, to do a lot of things, to, to do his roles in our lives. When we accept that, friends, people will see something in your lives. People will see something different in your life. Yes, you'll be working with a believer, but something else will be seen in your life. Why? Because you allowed to be rebuked, to be pruned, to be different. And that's where it will happen. Through the teaching, the rebuking, the correcting, and the training that comes from studying the Bible, we will be fully equipped. We'll be fully called children of God. We will call, we will, whatever we do, something God will be seen. Let's stand up and we pray. Think about how you really receive, you, you read the word of God and you send it to somebody else, you say it is not yours. Think about how you chased the blessing of the Lord because you, you refuse to be rebuked. Think about those moments that you did not even accept the word of God to train you. Think about the moment where you said, I know it all. I know it all. And you didn't accept. Think about the moment where you disobeyed the word of God. The word just came to you. It might have come in a dream. It might have come through somebody. It might have come through you in your quiet time when you were reading. But you denied it. Think about that. Think about that and bring it before the Lord. Because when you bring before the Lord, friends, you will be a different Christian. You will be a different man and a woman of God. You will be fully equipped for every good work. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you because you're wonderful, God. We thank you because this is the time that you are teaching us about you, God. You are teaching us about you, Jesus Christ, who is God. You are telling us about your word that is the, it's you. That we need to walk with it. You've taught us and you've reminded us this afternoon. 
that your role in our lives is spelled out. And I pray that, Father God, may your Holy Spirit convict us so that we accept to be rebuked. We accept, Father God, to be corrected because that is its role. May we accept, Father God, to be trained. Where we said we know it all, Father God, I pray that forgive us, O oh God. We have prayed us, failed us, O oh God. Where we have given him to, in to pride and denied your roles in our lives. Remember mercy and forgive us, King of glory. We have sent your word to other people, yet it came to us. Lord, remember mercy and forgive us. Forgive us, King of glory. And I pray that you give us the desire to read your word, O oh God. Give this, your people, the desire to read your word, O oh God. To meditate upon your word, O oh God. To accept your word, to do his wills and his roles in our lives in the name of Jesus Christ, the living God. Lord, I thank you because you're wonderful, God. Thank you that you are the God who loves us, O oh God. Thank you that you've rebuked us. When you rebuked us, it's a sign that you loved us, O oh God. When you correct us, King of Lord, you want us to be smart, O oh God. So I pray that, Father, may you speak to each and every one of these, your special people, before your King of Glory, so that they, at the end of the day, may be equipped for every good work. So I thank you, Father. I worship you. I bless your holy name. I pray all this with thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.